Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to episode 370 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we'll talk a little bit about the Better Call Saul series finale. Finally was able to catch up with that the other day, but obviously a lot of the social media purging has taken up some of the time that I would have dedicated to actual videos or stream topics, so we're going to get to that finally because I was able to watch that. I think I was actually able to watch it the day after it officially aired, uh, so finally the end of Better Call Saul, Vince Gilligan once again proving that he's one of the very few in television today that knows how to make really good shows knows how to write an overarching story that makes sense, that works, that's not overbearing, and also knows how to end a show. He has now had two incredibly successful shows that he probably could have made for years and years and years, and yet said no. These stories have a logical conclusion to them, and sure enough, he has done it once again. Uh, just my quick thought on that before going into any further details. Also, we'll talk about uh, House of the Dragon, as House of the Dragon is now officially live on HBO Max. I'm sure that the vast majority of you care nothing for it, and I, I couldn't blame you. I could not blame you for not having any care for House of the Dragon, because what I can tell you in, in kind of this, this brief uh, introduction to that topic is that Season 8 of Game of Thrones has ruined any sense of enjoyment within Westeros. Uh, so I'm just going to put that one out there just to to kind of give it a precursor. Though I do think I have a, a bit more of a, a nuanced take on the actual show itself. But I do think that Season 8 looms very heavily over this new series. And of course, we are in the midst of a social media purge for me. Again, it's a uh, choice. Again, doing it for... For mental and spiritual reasons, I've already purged and nuked my Minds account, my Gab account, my Truth account. Just before the stream, I finally nuked my Instagram account as well. And uh, my Twitter accounts, I will be nuking very, very soon. Um, I, I'm hoping to be able to nuke them tonight. I'm still waiting on just a couple of things. Got to obviously tie up some loose ends since some people I talk to exclusively on Twitter. So... A uh, big part of that, of course, Friday Night Tights. So want to make sure that we have all of those things figured out before uh, officially leaving that platform. But the purge is going well. And uh, let's just say that the Discord server has been a hopping recently. Uh, that Discord server has truly been a hopping. And so I, I've since then created uh, in the channels descriptions for the channels. So that way everyone knows exactly you know, where to have certain conversations. And I think at this point, because of our huge influx of people joining, we'll also have to create a, a you know, announcements and rules channel, just so that way people know um, how to handle themselves appropriately within the server. I haven't had any issues yet. I haven't had any, you know, crazy issues yet with anyone who's joined, but obviously it might be good just to know, hey, these are the rules and these are the ways in which they should be followed. But before we go any further, though, please make sure that you smash that like button. Light up that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. And I do have a uh, donation by Streamlabs that I have to catch up with. This was actually posted three days ago on the Saturday stream. It was posted after the stream 
And so I wanted to make sure that I was able to read it. I think I can actually uh, refresh it so that it posts up. Yeah, there it is right there. So this is from Reed. Thank you very much, Reed, for the $10 donation via Streamlabs. And Reed has this quote here. Social media is not a safe space. Tarana Burke. It has so much negativity and bullying in it that it often overshadows the positives. And that's absolutely true, Reed. Uh, and I, I posted a poll on the Geeks and Gamers locals because we're trying to be a little bit more active on on the Geeks and Gamers uh, locals community. Um, which I know some people might say, like, you know, if you're giving up social media, why maybe are you still on, on locals or why are you still on the Discord? And to me, those are just different platforms. Those are direct platforms to people within the community, which is very different than just the general social media because um, that's really where I think a lot of the toxicity is and also what has had the deepest impact on me, especially. Uh, seeing what other people are doing, seeing what other people are going through, that has kind of been a part of what has been feeding some of the anger, the uh, frustration, the the sadness, right? And so that's what I'm trying to get away from. And so the platforms that I, I've mentioned that I have already purged and the ones that I will purge are, are a big part of that. But when it comes to the community itself... Discord is actually a really, really awesome place with really great conversations um, that's a lot easier to check out of um, because it is just people I know and people in the community that are talking. And same thing with locals too, right? Very easy to to check out of that, but also uh, to have it be very contained. Again, it's just conversations going back and forth, which is what I think social media was supposed to be until it was taken over by bots and, and, and all that stuff. But um, I put a post out there asking people... Uh, you know, their own thoughts about social media. And it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I believe in both polls. Um, I, I haven't checked the Geeks and Gamers one because I put one also in, in my own locals account as well. And I asked the question of, you know, what are your thoughts on social media? Is it, is it you know, it, you're saying social media is a good thing, that it's a necessary evil, that it's fine, that it is evil itself. And it's amazing how much, how many people combined put that either it's evil or a necessary evil. And I don't think anyone chose that it was a good thing. And so, Reed, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that when you look at social media and you look at it as a tool, right, tools can obviously, if utilized correctly, be used for good. But we also recognize that this is beyond even just a tool because this is something that is collecting information on us, is feeding us information consistently and constantly trying to motivate us to stay on that platform. It's trying to motivate us to to stay stuck where we are in, in a lot of ways. So anyway, I just want to once again thank everyone who has been so supportive. And again, the purge has started. Again, just nuked the Instagram account before. Um, and again, if you use these accounts, I'm nothing against you for continuing to use them. Um, if you relied on those accounts for following me, I do apologize for that. But that's the reason why I do have the Discord because most people I feel have access to the Discord or can get access. And I, of course, still have my email address as well. So if anyone really does need to contact me, there are ways. Because um, I, I didn't want to shut down any um, any routes of communication because that's not what it was about. And uh, let's just say that it's, it's already feeling a lot better. I'll feel a lot better. Of course, Twitter was the biggest one. So I think I'll feel a lot better once those are, are, are gone. But um but yeah, thank you again for all your love and all your support on those. And yeah, for, for driving the Discord server nuts with, with all 
all, all kinds of new people over there. So let's go ahead and say hello to some people in the chat. We got Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. That's all, folks. And what a six-season epic adventure it was. It truly was. And this season, or rather this series of Better Call Saul, in a lot of ways, was was better than Breaking Bad. You know, they're, they're very different shows, and I love them both for different reasons. And I think that that just, again, shows kind of that genius of Vince Gilligan and, and Peter Gould, right, is the fact that they're able to take these characters that you've already seen established in a previous show, continue to have their characters be consistent with what was presented, but then also be able to somehow add layers to those character to those characters and show the concept of their evolution from from where they were uh, to where they went and and obviously where they came from. It's just ah, it's just such a good show. I love them both for various reasons and they're fantastic. Uh, Gary then also went on to say the look and the dragons and the costumes and the violence and nudity are classic Game of Thrones, but it was all new people that made it a bit of a whatever feeling for me, but looked great. Yeah, I think that that is definitely something that, um, you know, the, the look and feel of it is actually fine. The acting for the most part is, is great too. Um, again, it, it feels very much like it's in Westeros, but I, again, go back to that initial thought. I think season eight and just the complete downfall of Game of Thrones, which, you know, the, the signs of it were long before season eight, but season eight's when it really came to fruition, that 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 just weighs, it weighs so heavily on the show. And really the question that for me was was consistently coming into my mind was, why should I care about you? Why should I care about you? Why should I care about you? And some would say, well, it's the first episode. You got to wait for the character development. It's like, yeah, but it's also this, this is a universe that, if they were doing this right, they would have been able to sell us on that universe, on that world, had the season eight debacle of Game of Thrones not happened. Because then the immediate mindset, the immediate thought should have been, we're back in Westeros, this is awesome. And instead it's, okay, let's see just how bad this show is. And then you're like, okay, the show's not terrible. And you're like, oh, it's not great really either. And okay, well, why should I care about this person? And, oh, that's a that's clearly a, a throwback, you know? So, yeah, it's just, it's a show that it, it has things going forward. It has the other things not going forward. And, again, I'll give more details on that uh, in a little bit. But Orange Hour Views, hello to you. Thanks for being here. Out bowling with the family. Will you go have some fun? We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. Gmonkey76, who is a member. Hail to you. Cacao and Cookies Minion, what's going on? Well, thank you for lurking. Uh, have a good evening at work. As Bruce had said, it is indeed a crazy, crazy time in the Discord, but it is a lot of fun as well. Uh, let's see, we got Alice McCarthy saying, Howdy, ooh, and how's it going? How's Thor like an Astro Dragon so far? I haven't seen season six because AMC Plus only giving me access to episodes eight through 13. Yeah, I have YouTube TV, so I DVR'd it and was able to watch it that way. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. I would say, Alice McCarthy, if you do have a VPN, I believe, again, if you have Netflix or not, and I understand why anyone would not, um, I believe that in the UK there's an exclusive deal with them. I know that it was that way previously where the episodes became readily available after they aired um, almost immediately. So, hey, if you have a VPN or access to a VPN, check, check that out and, hey, maybe you can see it that way. Um, let's see. Tina B, what's going on? Tina, thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for being here. Um, 
as as being the monitor. No, sorry, it's <laughs> going in the wrong direction. Uh, for being the empress of the universe, thank you so very much. Stephanie being at work is going to try to make it. Um, it says, I don't know how many more Tuesdays she can do these days. And hey, here's the thing, you know, as I've said this from the beginning, you know, if, if you know, Steph, if, if you're listening to this after the fact or uh, Tina, if, if you're listening and you want to, you know, relate this stuff, tell her, don't, don't rush. Uh, if she can't do Tuesdays or doesn't feel like she can do the Tuesdays, that's totally fine. Um, no, no, no obligations there. It's, it's totally, it's totally fine. You know, obviously work is, is much more important and the work that she does is incredibly important. So. Uh, again, don't don't uh, tell her that she does not have to feel uh, obligated if it's going to stress, especially if it's going to add any undue stress or undue burden. Uh, let's see. Shield Wall of Dragons. What is going on? Keely Chow is a member. Hail to you. We got Laura, the Mono Major General, saying AMC is losing both Better Call Saul and The Walking Dead this fall. I haven't uh, watched any of the other Walking Dead shows. Genre seems dead. Yeah, I agree. I mean... I, I still can't believe The Walking Dead still going on. I gave up uh, like three or four seasons ago. Um, I have a slight intrigue to go back to, to rewatch it because I do, generally speaking, like the world that was built. I just, it was already going on a little too long. It was already a little too long in the tooth, as it were, and um, was going in directions that I thought were just kind of silly and didn't really, you know, keep or grab or hold my interest whatsoever, but that's a good point, yeah. Uh, Walking Dead, still a big show for them. I know a lot of people have left that show since it started, but clearly uh, still a a pretty big ratings um, show for them. Better Call Saul, obviously very big as well. They have some other shows that I do think have some uh, some niche audiences or some some solid audiences that maybe I'm not a part of, but um, it will be interesting to see what shows they try to promote in the future because, yeah, I have not ever had any interest in seeing... Um, the, the like the prequel series that they had put out there of Fear the Walking Dead. And then I've seen some of the promos for Fear of the Walking Dead, and I'm like, wait, why is this character in this show? Because I remember this character from The Walking Dead. I'm sure there's some way they could explain it. But, yeah, it just comes across as being a little maybe like, hey, the show wasn't doing very well. We need some more familiar faces in here. Let's, let's go ahead and bring them in. At least that's, that, that's how it came across to me at the very least. Get a chat what's going on. Low watermark. Hail to you. Thank you for being in the chat as a member on the channel. Uh, and as Tina says, yes, indeed, please smash that like button. We got Fear of FEMA in the chat. Hail to you, Fear of FEMA. Thanks for being here. We got Laura saying, anyone halfway, ta- any, anyone halfway talented writer can write a show, but it takes talent to actually finish a show. Cough, cough, JJ, cough, cough. Exactly, exactly. Right? You know, we, we can talk about how there are you know, these people that exist like J.J. Abrams where maybe he has been able to start a show or a concept and, you know, it's okay or maybe even it's intriguing and good. Um, maybe he's relied upon others. Maybe it is something that he comes from, you know, comes from his general self. But, yeah, you have to be able to finish what you've started and J.J. clearly has never been able to prove himself to that point. Whereas with Vince Gilligan, not only does he always have good starts as both the beginnings of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are great, but... They've been consistently good throughout. There's not a bad season. Again, just from my own perspective, I can't think of a bad season of Breaking Bad or a bad season of Better Call Saul. Maybe I could think of an episode or two where it was maybe not my favorite, but I don't think I ever walked away from an episode feeling like my time had been wasted or that I didn't like what I saw. That's a very rare thing. That is a very, very rare thing. Um, So I'm excited to see what he does next. I'm sad um, 
in, in a lot of ways that he doesn't seem to have interest or any plans because Better Call Saul was something that they were already in the process of making towards the end of Breaking Bad. So, um, unfortunately, they don't have that going on right now for Better Call Saul. But, y- you know, I'm going to be, you know, the, the you know, I've mentioned this before. I am all about um, Mike. I am all about Mike. I am all about Mike Ehrmantraut. I would love to see a show centered around Jonathan Banks as Mike Ehrmantraut. I know he's definitely getting up there in age. But man, oh man, if there was a standalone series, they can even make it a much more limited series run. They could say, we're going to do two seasons going into Mike Ehrmantraut or just doing something with him. Maybe trying to to bridge the gap between uh, Better Call Saul and uh, you know try to find some way to make it work. I don't know. I just love that actor. I think Jonathan Banks is such a good actor. And and his portrayal of, of Mike Ehrmantraut is just so... Like every... Some of my favorite scenes in both Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad all feature Jonathan Banks as Mike Urban Trout. So I mean, I'm all for having new ideas and and having new you know concepts. But when you have someone like Jonathan Banks as Mike Urban Trout, and then you also of course have the incredible talent of Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould. I mean, if they were to announce that tomorrow, I would say yes, please sign me up. I would very much like this. <laughs> Give me a show all about Mike. Uh, Rosie G12, hail to you. Thanks for being here. GMucky76, hail to you as well. Thanks for being members of the channel. We got Miss Martin Muses in the chat. We got Sage of Rokaseku, who's a member, saying, Salvete, Amici, what's going on? Sage, God bless you. It is the feast of St. Philip Benizi. So, happy feast. Alice McCarthy says, I look at House of Dragons like I look at the WWE. New people in charge, so it could be better than it used to be. Well, I think that you still have a lot of roasted glasses when it comes to the WWE, so I don't know if that comparison necessarily holds a lot of water, but um, I do think that, yeah, there's definitely that sense of, okay, there, there's some potential here, but yeah, let's just say I don't have any hopes, any high hopes for them to be able to actually deliver it. Just another red shirt. Hail to you. Thanks for being here. Input latency. It is indeed a good day. Thank you for always reminding us of that. Also, we got Miss Martin Muses. Thank you very much for the rose. Very much appreciate the rose in honor of St. Teresa of Lisieux, of the little flower. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Uh, Let's see. Chat's going to jump on me any second, I'm sure of it. Remember, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, if you want to have a comment or question read aloud. And with that uh, chat being jumped, no one currently hanging out over on Odyssey. No one hanging out currently over on DLive. But Low Watermark has just donated via Streamlabs donation four minutes ago. Low Watermark, thank you very much for the $25 donation by Streamlabs. Dude, thank you so much. Saying, have a great stream, Odin. Well, thank you, Low Watermark. You are always so incredibly generous. Every single stream, you're either donating via Streamlabs or, or gifting memberships like a madman. So seriously, thank you very much, man, uh, for, for always just being so supportive. It really does mean a lot. All right, so let's go then ahead and talk about some shows. We'll start off with, with Better Call Saul. We'll start off with the one that, at least for me, is a lo- it's just a bit easier. It's a bit easier for me to be able to 
to talk about it in a positive light and to <laughs> to to give my full endorsement to. I can't say I can't say the same thing for for House of Dragon. I can't say the same thing for. It. But anyway, Better Call Saul, great series right here. Um, for those that maybe have no idea what what it is, it is a follow up series to uh, the series of Breaking Bad. It's a spinoff and prequel, and in certain ways, sequel as well. There's sequences throughout the entire show where you're in the present tense, basically, um, and, and basically in the events right after, right, the events leading to or leading after the events of, of Breaking Bad, where you have the the character of Saul Goodman, right, Jimmy McGill, played by Bob Odenkirk, so in- incredibly well, um, you know, in hiding away, right, trying to trying to save his his own skin from uh, litigation, amongst other things, and he is living the life of a normal person, and one of the best things right away from the series is the fact that every single sequence that takes place in the future is black and white. So that's one way that they differentiate between when, uh, you know, the present tense, right, uh, his current life, his, his life working for the Cinnabon in the black and white, and then whenever it goes back in time where it goes into the main part of the story, it's it's in color. And I, I love the use of black and white because it just shows the mundaneness of of the life. And the very beginning episodes, especially one, make you crave Cinnabon uh, when they do that. And anytime that they show him making Cinnabon, you're just like, oh my goodness, I want a Cinnabon right now. This looks delicious. Um, it's just Cinnabon's never looked so good as it has in this show. So they do a very good job of not only having that product placement, but also of actually making it look really, really good in the process and making you just, you know, want to have it. Um, so. You have this great dynamic, though, of, of the moving between the past and present. It never feels like it is um, that. The, it never feels like it's rushed. It it never feels like it's out of place. You never feel like you're being brought uh, forward and backward so much that you're getting whiplash. It, it just is always done so incredibly well. In fact, I would even say that I, I wish that we had had more black and white scenes. I wish we had had more scenes in the present, but. I think that with this season finale and, and with this uh, series finale, this final season, I do think that they actually make up for it because they feature a lot more of these uh, present tense scenes and these black and white scenes. And then they are also able to um, to continue the story, to move the story forward, right, in the sequel aspect of, of it being the present tense. Um, and I think that the culmination of all of it, the way that the series actually ends, of, of just the, the development of Jimmy McGill, the development of Saul, and, and where he was and where he ends up, especially with his relationship with Kim, especially with his relationship with himself, with his own ego, everything. I think it just wraps up so perfectly. It, it, it ends exactly where it needs to be. Um, obviously, there's other directions that they could have gone with it. That they, they, they could have had him going in one specific direction. I'm going to try and avoid spoilers for anyone that maybe hasn't seen it who wants to see it. Um, but you know, clearly they could have gone certain directions that would have been totally within the character and would have uh, completely still fit and worked. But I think that the direction that they've decided to go with is, is definitely a good one. And it makes the series feel like it was well worth watching. Um, it's amazing that after six seasons, it was only 63 episodes. You think about some of these shows that have hundreds upon hundreds of episodes and yet, you look at 63 episodes of just quality television, quality storytelling, never feeling like there's a wasted moment. The moments of quiet and buildup, especially, the, the, it's just, again, it's, it's phenomenal. Not only do you have some of the best writing 
as far as the lines of dialogue and and the communication and the development of character through that communication, but then you also have some of the best writing of silence in, in television today as well. This is something that I think is also so very incredibly important is that they're able to have sequences where the actors are the ones telling the stories with their faces, with uh, their eyes, with, with their emotions, without a word having to be spoken or with very few words actually having to be spoken. Um, and, and so I, I can do nothing but give the highest praise to this, to this series, to the show, and I'm going to give the series itself a solid A. I think that this show absolutely knocks it out of the park. If you've not seen it, I would highly recommend it. I don't think you necessarily need to watch Breaking Bad beforehand, uh, though I do think, obviously, it does help to to give some context to the characters and to some of the events going on. There's some really great throwbacks, by the way, in this last season as well, which I did not expect. I mean, it's something that I thought about, probably could have said, oh, I'm not too surprised, but also still a little bit surprised that they were actually able to pull it off. That, that made me pretty excited. Some, some people showing up where you're like, oh, man, all right. Now, now we're cooking, um, as, as one could say. And so, yeah, series, absolutely fantastic. And, it, again, the, the fact that it's a show about a narcissistic, self-obsessed lawyer, and yet you're rooting for him often. Uh, you 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 want him to succeed because there's something about again there's just something about the way that Bob Odenkirk is able to really just get to the heart of the character and show the character having a heart, even if it is a broken heart, even if it is a corrupt dark heart. It just there's something there. He's the likable bad guy, and there are so few shows these days it seems and so few movies where you have that likable bad guy character and and i think that that odenkirk does just such a great job of pulling off that character um and again jimmy mcgill uh, it's again amazing that as sleazy as he is you just like him and you just want him to succeed you just want him to get away with it you just want him to to do whatever it is that he wants to do um and it's kind of it's kind of amazing, and it's even written into the show that way. There are certain characters who have relationships with him throughout, where they kind of get pulled in, they get pulled into his universe, right? Jimmy McGill's very much like his own uh, solar system, and he's pulling people in because people are drawn to him. And it's only until it's not until they get so close to him that they get burned that they realize, ah, okay, there's a facade here. But it's good. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I, I could not recommend Better Call Saul, uh, you know, more enough. And again, I know some people have tried Breaking Bad, weren't into Breaking Bad. I get it. But Better Call Saul I, is it's a very different kind of show. And um, again, in, in certain ways, I like it more. But I do think because there are some just key differences. You know, it's a crime and legal drama for one. Um, whereas with, you know, Breaking Bad itself, it, let's see how it uh, describes itself, a neo-Western crime franchise, right? So obviously within the same universe, but again, very different too. Um, if you like crime, if you like crime legal dramas, I think you're going to love this show. Um, and again, I can say it's, it's six seasons, 63 episodes that are well worth the time, well worth the investment. The character arcs conclude the character arcs makes sense and unlike game of thrones which just completely went to hell in a handbasket during the last seasons and especially its final season 
Doesn't happen with Better Call Saul. So kudos to them. Kudos to them for being able to pull off a, another fantastic show. And uh, yeah, that's Better Call Saul. Again, would highly recommend it to anyone who has not seen it before. And if you were not the biggest fan of Breaking Bad, or if you have an interest in watching it, but you don't really want to go through Breaking Bad to get the context, I'm sure there are a plethora of YouTube videos out there that that have, you know, th- this happens all the time, right? There's a movie or a series or, or something you want to dive into, but you don't want to watch everything else. And so there are these great videos that people put together where they give you all the keys, all of the basics that you need to know in order to understand what's going on in a show or in a movie series. Um, I'm sure that there's one out there. And I would recommend, again, anyone who likes types of, of crime and, and law drama uh, who may not want to watch Breaking Bad to watch one of those videos, just breaking down you know, what to know before going into it to, to have that context there. So that way you can get some of the inside jokes, maybe, or at least most of them um, and uh, and watch the show again, would highly, highly recommend it. All right, let's get back into the chat. It's 703 in the chat where I am. It is 727 where I am. And so it's rather 727 in real life. And so I am about 23 minutes behind right about on schedule. Again, I do fall behind in the chat because I like to read the chat. Um, anyone who simply puts the tag at Odin at the very beginning of the comment or is a YouTube member, I'll go ahead and highlight your comment. By the way, four minutes ago, man, holy cow. So just four minutes ago, WG over on, over on Streamlabs, $100 donation via Streamlabs. Dude, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. Circumventing Mama Susan. Mama Susan ain't getting none of that. WG, thank you so very much for your very generous donation, $100, saying keep up the great work, all the best. Well, thank you so very much. I really do appreciate that, WG. I see you in the chat. Um, There he is right there in the live chat saying, great work, brother, all the best. Hey, WG, thank you so very much, man. And uh, again, it really just does mean a lot. And so, and that's to anyone, right? I always say, you know, whether you are a donator, whether you are a watcher, whether you are a lurker, whether you are a typer, right? There are so many different kinds of people in Asgard, so many people that are a part of this community. And whether you're dedicating your, your time, whether you're dedicating your, your, your hard earned cash, or whether you're donating your, your fingers, you know, like whatever it is, is, is just so greatly appreciated. And, and I, I, I say this all the time, and I really do mean it. You know, time is the greatest gift that we have. And so for those that dedicate just their time and, and are here tagging, having conversations, thank you. Uh, thank you again for, for your, just your love and support. This is the reason why I keep, I keep on doing it. This is the reason why I'm, I'm giving up social media, but I'm not, giving up, I'm not giving this up because I'm still having fun. I'm still having a lot of fun, and there's a lot of awesome people. And we have really great conversations. So thank you again. WG, I appreciate it. All right. Back into the chat. We got Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member. Hail to you. Thanks for being in the chat. Uh, We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? Thank you very much. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan for being in the chat. We got Ray, uh, sorry, Ray, Sage of Rokaseka saying, the Thomist in me is hesitant to call anything evil. Social media is an objective good, or at least a neutral, that is engineered in a manner to maximize a negative evil impact on our minds' passions. Yes, if we're going to get philosophical, if we're going to get theological here, then yes, we, we could go into the semantics of it. I guess what I mean when I say that I do think that there is this evil is that it begins as a tool, right? But then when people get control of that tool 
to the point where it is influencing the behaviors of human persons, it is influencing the mindsets of persons and, and all kinds of stuff, then the tool for me disappears. And that's where the evil comes in because there is really a mind behind it, right? In fact, in many ways, this algorithm, this AI, right, this non-human entity is is really the platform itself in many ways. So that's where I guess I would maybe fight back against that. But hey, I, I love the fact that you uh, bring up the, the Thomas perspective here. You all know I am very much fond of, of the philosophical discussion. We're talk- we actually just talked and just started talking about um, Aristotle. We're doing an intro to philosophy and, you know, very, very crunched version of it for, for high school, but also because it's, it's a new part of the course that is meant to prep some of the bigger stuff that we're going to be covering down the line. And so we just did uh, my first class in the rotation, had one class on Aristotle and just, ah, just his, just the concepts that he was able to develop just using reason and, and his mind, his intellect with things like form and matter, but even more so about act and potency. Ah, I got so excited. The kids probably were just, you know, saying, I don't see how you could pot. There are a couple of kids where they're like, you can tell they're the philosophers. They're the ones that, that have been into this for a long time that love thinking about things outside of the box. And you can just see it in their eyes. I think the other kids were just glazed over because they're like, Oh my goodness, I have no idea what you're talking about. Act and potency. What are you talking about? One of the phrases and one of the words we use actually from a definition given from Aristotle is the actualization of, uh, of potency, basically the actualization of potential. Um, is how he defines change. Um, and it's just so much fun to explain it because, you know, it, it's just such an interesting concept. Anyway, not to get too philosophical too early, but uh, let's see. Bongo, what's going on? Says, congrats on ditching the terrible on social media. Appreciate it. Yeah, not not quite finished yet, but well on the way. Again, really, it really it's just Twitter left. It's just Twitter left. Uh, and just need to wrap up some of those loose ends there. Uh, let's see. Quatrina VR says, Hail, Hope, uh, wife and baby are well. They are doing well. Uh, baby Thor is is a toddler. He's he's definitely entered that toddler era. Um, and there's some really great days and some not so great days, but he's, he's still awesome. He's still fantastic. So much, yeah. Thank you very much for, for that. I appreciate it. And yeah, Lady Freya is also doing well. Uh, again, thank you for y'all's prayers. Uh, she... I think I mentioned this a while back, but she she did get uh, a new a new job, and she's very very excuse me very happy with it in comparison to what what had once happened. So, thank you for that. Thank you for your support and your your love to the lady Freya. Laura says, "I don't think that George R. R. Martin will release his last book until after he passes." Yeah, uh, as soon as House of the Dragons credits rolled, and I was like, "Okay, created by Ryan Condal." I don't know who that guy is, but oh, also created by George R. R. Martin, based off of his book Fire and Blood. And I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a minute, you're you're making and writing and you're developing this series." And again, I'm sure that this has been known for a while. I just, I had no desire to do any research on the show prior to watching it. And it's probably actually for the best that I stayed away from it because it, it allowed me to go in somewhat blind. Um, however, I, I, I'm never going to be able to, to forget the, <laughs> the darkness that came from season eight of game of Thrones. So maybe did not, maybe not coming in too blind there. Um, but yeah, I saw George R. R. Martin's name and I'm like, Oh, so yeah, he's just going to go ahead and do anything and everything except finish his latest book. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just crazy. It really is. 
All right. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, I'll watch House of Dragon when George finishes the book. So never boom. Hear that, George? If you finish your book, you might have at least one more person watching your show. That is one thing I'll be interested to see is if there ever, um, if we ever get any trustworthy numbers from HBO, HBO Max. Because here's the other thing too is that when Game of Thrones was 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 uh, was in its primary run, crazy to think that that show opened in 2011, the year I graduated college, and, and ran from 2011 to 2019. But you think about what the landscape looked back then, right? You don't have you didn't have the same streaming wars that you're having today in the same extent. It was still a show that was on HBO proper. Um, I remember that either from season one or maybe just a couple seasons in, you could then start to actually watch it on the HBO Go app, right? But you could only access it once it went live. And I remember the show was so popular in those early in those early days. The 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 show would just shut down. Like the servers would be so overloaded that they just couldn't handle it. So I I'm kind of interested though if there is any trustworthy data of you know how many people were watching. Um, I think that the best example or the best thing would say, okay, what was the, what would be the total rating of the final season of Game of Thrones? Like, what is that final number metric that we could use, and then compare that to where we are with this new show? Because I would not be surprised if there is just a huge drop off. You know, there was already, I'm sure, a huge drop off as as season eight progressed, but something tells me that. This show, because of the effects and aftermath of season eight, now almost everyone universally accepts that as a terrible season, as a terrible series finale, and and as a show that many people have openly said, I will never go back to it because of the fact that season eight exists. Um, Shout shout out to uh, Jay Stowe, who's sometimes in the chat. Uh, he sent me this giant box of, of movies and DVDs and all kinds of stuff. And part of it included the entire series of Game of Thrones. So the entire series. And I'm looking back to this and I'm thinking to myself, man, season one was just so good. But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, but I, I have no desire to ever watch this again. Because even though these episodes are great, and even though the story is just so solid, especially in the very beginning, I know where it ends up. I know where it goes. I know what happens to these characters. And so it's so hard to, to, to care. It's so hard to care. Um, and that's going to get into, after the chat jumps again, I'll, I'll, I'll start to dive into uh, House of Dragon uh, more properly. But Daniel Thorne over on DLive, what's going on, good sir? Uh, what do we have to do to get you to play Callisto Protocol on a stream when it comes out? I'm not a gamer, so there's nothing you could do because it's just not my thing. Geek Truth over on YouTube. Tad to say, even though there are some terrible reality show, uh, sorry, really terrible shows this year, there's been a lot of great shows too. The Offer, Saul, 1883, Stranger Things, Cobra Kai is around the corner. Great stuff. Dude, Cobra Kai being around the corner is so insane to me because uh, just the way that they filmed it, they were able to get some pretty quick turnaround on that because I remember it didn't seem like it was very long ago. Wasn't it over the summer even or before the summer where we, we got the last season? And then all of a sudden there was like that the surprise announcement of, oh yeah, by the way, you only have to wait like six months instead of 12 months for the next season. And then we got the trailer for it and I am pumped. That trailer, again, hits all the right notes in all the right ways. There's only one thing I'm, I'm kind of hoping to see, but that's just because uh, I, I've seen the way in which the show has been progressing. And I, I think that it would be fitting 
as they have kind of hit all of these different areas, going through all of the Karate Kid movies, I just think it'd be appropriate. And I know not everyone would agree with me, but I think it'd be appropriate to try and get a connection in with um, the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. I don't know. Kind of would like to see her be a be a bad guy in the show, personally. But that is uh, that's just that's just me. But yeah, Stranger Things actually got back to its roots in a lot of ways and rebranded. Right, it's it's always been a you know uh, it's always been a coming of age story. Um, I guess you could say I, I don't know. I wouldn't say necessarily horror. I mean, there's been horror elements from from the beginning, but the last the last season was just pure horror. I, I mean, and it was done so so well, uh, so well. In fact, my wife couldn't even finish the show because she was like, "This is a little bit too much for me." But that's what it needed. It needed that kind of rebranding. To, to kind of uh, to revive it. And so you're absolutely right. You know, we've got terrible shows that have come out this year. We've got terrible shows on the horizon. I mean, we're not we're not too far off, everybody. We are not too far off at all from Rings of Power. <laughs> we're not far off from that, uh, you know, just guaranteed atrocity. Um, but we've had we've had some pretty good stuff. I have not seen the offer, but I've heard good things. And 1883, I know that that's by the same people that... Um, or rather the same person that has done some really good films and also did Yellowstone as well. So I've heard good things about his stuff. Uh, Bongo says, I'm, (laughs) oh, just stop it. Oh, just stop it. The joke's not even like, to me at least, funny or annoying anymore. It's just there. (laughs) But I love you nonetheless, Bongo. So keep being you. Remember sci-fi. Someone needs to double tap The Walking Dead. Well, it sounds like they're finally doing it. So, hey, at least that's finally happening. Alice says, I'll wait for season six to be totally free on AMC Plus or on Netflix. VPN is too newfangled. Uh, The Walking Dead has a new show that is one story each episode. Bro, it's not newfangled. You, You download an app. And then you you click turn on, and 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 then all you have to do is just is is sign in to your account, and it'll recognize that you're in another place. I could walk you through it, dude. It's not it's not it's not newfangled at all, and and the monthly rates on most of them aren't that that bad. You could buy one for a month. You get the thirty day free trial from ExpressVPN. I at one point in time had a link to ExpressVPN, had no idea what happened with it at all because I didn't really follow through with it. But at one point, I had like a promotional link for it. Um, but yeah, you can get ExpressVPN, I think, for free for 30 days. Might as well try it out. See how it works. I don't know. That's just me. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says, Not interested in watching The House of the Dragon. I don't blame you. Scott McKenzie, who's a member, hail to you. 8 Sierra, who's a member, saying hail to the chat and the mods and me. Thank you. Appreciate it. Input lane C. Oh, boy. More George R. Martin. More degeneracy. Please clap. Yeah, yeah, very much uh, has become, in, in many ways, I guess you could say, the Jeb of of the television world. It's like, hey, I'm here. Please clap. <laughs> Left Cross, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. All right, chat has jumped on me, so let me see if any comments have been skipped. They have not. They have not. So let's go ahead then. Let's talk a little bit about House of Dragon. Let's, 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 let's go into it. Let's let's talk a little bit about it. All right, so let's have that transition over. All right, House of Dragons. So this is indeed the new American fantasy drama television series prequel to Game of Thrones. Both series are based on A Song of Ice and Fire, novels by George R. R. Martin, by the way, novels which he has not completed. 
House of Dragon was created by Martin and Ryan Condal. It says here, he's a screenwriter, executive producer, who is the creator showrunner for House of Dragon, a prequel um, series. Condal and Carlton Cuse were creators and co-runners uh, for the TV series Colony. So, hey, they have some experience running shows. So, hey, there's at least that, I guess. guess that is somewhat of a positive thing. Uh, but also, as you can see, George R.R. R. Martin is also, right, one of the uh, co-creators here for it. They were able to get Raman uh, Jawadi back for the score. And all I could say about the score is that, let's just say, it, it, it borrows very, very heavily from, from, in fact, the end score in the credits... I'm pretty sure I remember hearing it at some point, or at least the vast majority of the notes from it in Game of Thrones at some point. I mean, it's one thing to have your work be inspired by. It's another where it's like, okay, are, are you going to do an actual dedicated score to it or or not? At least that's, again, that's just my own perception of that. So, again, this is based off of Fire and Blood, uh, parts of the novel Fire and Blood, which is set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones and 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. Ah, yes, that same Daenerys that everyone loves so much portrays the beginning of the house, uh, beginning of the end of House Targaryen, the events leading up to and covering the Targaryen War of Succession known as the Dance of the Dragons. So, yeah, I will say that this first episode it has some things that are, I think, worth uh, commending. Looking at it objectively, there are things that are worth commending. There are things that are not so commendable. And uh, and then there's the stuff that's in between. The first thing I'll say is, guess what? I think that the CGI for the dragons looks pretty darn good. Dragons look pretty darn good. I will say, though, that though the dragons look good, the world itself does look, again, something that, especially towards the end of Game of Thrones, which just looks very artificial. Again, a lot of these studios now just overusing green screen, blue screen, things like that. So, again, the CGI, at the very least, they're able to really get that nice and crisp, and it looks pretty good. They do have some seemingly on-location shooting. They seem to be doing some of the stuff that Game of Thrones did, where they had on-location shooting with some of the backgrounds being CGI'd instead, which, again, if you're going to have the CGI stuff, is, is definitely the best way to do it. But, uh, but yeah, there are definitely moments where uh, I think that the, that artificial nature of the show comes into play. Luckily, it doesn't seem to be very common, but it does happen. It does happen. One of the strengths of the show, I will say, is the acting. I think that the acting is actually a, a pretty solid part of the show. Um, you have, uh, you know, he goes Patrick George Constantine. Uh, so Patty uh, Constantine, I, I think that he, very, very talented. I think that uh, he is a very interesting character so far. Hasn't had to do a whole lot yet, so I can't speak too much about it. But I've liked his character so far, at least the portrayal he's given. He's a solid actor, right? Um, yeah, Matt Smith in the show as well. I think that this is some of the best Matt Smith that I've seen in a while. I mean, he's chosen some projects where I've kind of scratched my head like, wait, why are you in this? Wasn't it a Terminator movie at one point? And I was like, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I think this is some of the best Matt Smith that we've gotten in a while. His character is very creepy. Um, probably the most intriguing of the characters that have been introduced so far that's new to the, um, you know, anyone that's coming from Game of Thrones. Uh, Emma Darcy is in the show. I'm assuming that that is the, the young girl who is in the, you know, who, who is in the discussion for Succession. And I think that that's also to, you know, before going through the rest of the actors, that's where part of my issue comes in with the actual story itself. There's some parts that are actually written well, 
there are parts where you're like, okay, yeah, all right, I, I kind of like this. I kind of like the the back and forth banter. I like that the world that's being built here, we're getting some backstory, okay. But then all of a sudden, there's also a lot of such on-the-nose lines of, you know, oh, a woman can't possibly rule and, you know, yada, 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 right? Well, blah, blah, blah. Like, just, again, the typical stuff from Hollywood, right? Trying to make everything about about gender and everything else. But also the young actress, unfortunately, she hasn't been given a whole lot to do. So I guess the jury's still out. But she's still, again, she comes across, based on what we have so far, as very green. Again, she's a young actress, so that's to be expected. But there are young actresses that are able to just own the screen or able to portray characters very well. She is just there. She just exists. Uh, I would say that she's probably one of the weakest parts of the show as far as the acting is concerned. And she's kind of a, a central part of it, so... Again, not 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 a good thing uh, to say the very least. So we'll see how prominent she is in the show. As we all know, this is inspired by Game of Thrones, and so for all I know, some of the biggest names that are attached to this show that are probably there to get people to start watching probably going to die in the first season. You know, I mean that's kind of the nature of Game of Thrones, right? Is that everyone dies? That's well, Game of Thrones. Everyone's going to die at some point, right? So hey, maybe she does. Um, but yeah, there's decisions that are made in the show where it's like, ah, you know, I need to have the male heir and, you know, the focus being put on that. Some, you know, there's a decision that's also being made, um, that has to do with the, the, the birth of the male heir. If you've seen the show, you know what decision that is. And I, I just have problems with it because you think about, you know, yes, this is supposed to be kind of a, uh, a medieval era, like, or at least a medieval feeling era, so that would have been similar to as far as what types of medicine and treatments they would have had. But like the way in which the decision that ultimately is made and, and the ramifications of it, it just came across as, wait, you're saying that there's this other way to bring about this end result, this end conclusion, but that there only is one possible outcome, basically. So the decision not to get into too much detail, is basically, yes, if you make this decision, someone's going to die. And in that moment, I was like, but wait a minute, could you not at least say, hey, the likelihood of death is very high, but we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that that life is, is again, it just, that kind of bothered me. I was like, come on, I mean, I'm sure even back then, even if this is supposed to be inspired by medieval times, things like that, it's like, I'm sure... They could have at least been like, yeah, you know, not looking good, techniques being taught and everything, but there has to be something, right? There has to be something more that we could do rather than just let someone just die. I don't know. So you have moments, again, in the show that are weak like that, that that make you just scratch your head going, what in the world are you doing with this? Some that are just on the nose. Um the, the mother in the show uh, who is is bearing the child in, in this first episode, she at one point says, you know, that is the lot of women is to bear sons, basically. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. And, you know, we know that this daughter is obviously going to try to fight against this. It it also just, yeah. I, I th- <sighs> Yeah. So the writing is, is hit and miss. There's some good things in there, and there's some not-so-good things in there. Uh, more of the acting. We haven't seen Olivia Cook yet. I like this actress a lot. I, I think that she is is fantastic. I haven't seen her work in Bates Motel, but uh, the, the, the stuff that I have seen her in, she, she's been great. I want to say my first introduction to her as an actress. Let me see if I can 
Uh, yeah, it was uh, me and Earl and Dying Girl. This is back from 2015. If you've not seen me and Earl and the Dying Girl, I so, so highly recommend it because it's not only a fantastic film, it's a heartbreaking film. It's going to break your heart, but man, it's a great film. She is just, di- just she's dynamite in it. She's so fantastic. Unfortunately, from then on, she went to do Thoroughbreds, which sucked, was complete trash, then did Ready Player One, where she was definitely one of the better parts of that movie, but it was not good, but clearly much better. Uh, and then she did Sound of Metal, and Sound of Metal was great. She did she did a pretty good job, but her role was a little bit more limited in the movie. It was a lot more focused on Riz Ahmad, uh, Ahmed's character, and again, it's a good movie. She does a great job in it, but she's a talented actress. All right, very, very talented. So I'm actually looking forward to her role in this show because I, I do I, I do like the roles that she's done for the most part in the past. Uh, you have Reese Ifans, who is great. I just I like this guy. I know he's he's chosen some bad roles here or there, right? He was the lizard in uh, Amazing Spider-Man, for instance. But he's great. He gives good performances. Um, let's see if there's anyone else that, that I can at least recognize. Yeah, a lot of these other people... Maybe you recognize them from other shows. I, I, you know, personally don't. Uh, Graham McTavish, uh, he was Dwalin in The Hobbit, and I feel like was I feel like he was in Game of Thrones. Like immediately when I saw him, I'm like, why do I know this guy? Why does it feel like this guy has been in Game of Thrones? But maybe, maybe he wasn't. Let's let's look through his his filmography here for a second. Uh, clearly, he is a TV personality more so than anyone else. Maybe it's just because I, I recognize him as an actor from the things that he has done. Um, but it's not looking like it, so no. Uh, but, I, yeah, I thought, like, oh, is there a carryover from the original? That would be weird, seeing that this is 200 years earlier. Um, but there was just something about his look where I'm like, he looks very, he looks just too familiar to me. Maybe it was the Dwell and stuff, I don't know. But anyway, he, he does a good job. So the acting, for the most part, other than the, the lead girl, so far the lead girl, Ooh, what's going to happen is, is pretty solid writing is hit and miss. There's some really good stuff, some really bad stuff, uh, set design, uh, production design is, is mostly good. CGI is actually really, really good. And, um, overall the first episode is intriguing, but the biggest issue, the biggest issue that this show has without a shadow of a doubt is the fact that it exists in a post season eight era, a post season eight game of Thrones era. In fact, because it was sent to me, again, shout out to Jay Stowe for sending these to me, but uh, man, oh man, I don't know what to do with them because I could give them away, but at the same time, most people who I know who have seen the show are like, yeah, I don't really want it. But yeah, this thing right here, yeah, that's right. This is a, a DVD copy of season eight, the infamous season eight Game of Thrones. This right here is what loomed over this show and is going to continue to loom over the show and I think is going to really just... Uh, it, it's going to, as the show expands, think of it this way. This is... A, a, I, I can't think of better language for it, but this is a noose that is around the neck of this show. And every time, every moment the show goes on, I feel like the noose is going to get tighter and tighter and tighter until the show just falls apart. Because you just... I don't. There's just no way... Of being able to to move past it, it, it the, again the darkness that was left behind by this, 
it's not just a darkness on characters. It's the world itself, right? Westeros itself has a giant blemish on it. And this first episode, if this is what we're going to get every episode, because the first season's 10 episodes, if this is what we're going to get in the next nine episodes, I mean, yeah, that blemish is going to be there. And uh, I, I don't know how long they expect this series to last if 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 that's how it's going to be. But again, still very early on in the show. And uh, as I said, there are definitely things that I think are are good. There are things that I enjoy. Uh, the acting is is a big part of that for sure. Again, the vast majority of the acting. Um, some of the story elements are, are fun or interesting. Uh, again, Matt Smith's character so far is is by far the most interesting of them all. And um, yeah. But again, <laughs> I can't get away. Can't get away from Game of Thrones Season 8. <laughs> uh, I just saw a comment in the live chat, but I'll get there in a second. Anyway, back into the chat. Uh, I, it's 7.55 in real life, 7.15 in the chat. So you do the math. What, 40 or so minutes? We'll make it up, though. We'll make it up. Miss Minnesota Hockey fan who's a member says, Just watching Princess Bride for the fourth time. Hey! No shame there. It's a fantastic film. Well worth watching four times, if not more. Geek Truth. Vince Gilligan is the David Fincher of television. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Fincher. I like some of his stuff. I don't like all of his stuff. Uh, I, I think when Vince Gilligan to television is much better than David Fincher is to film, is what I would say to that. And don't get me wrong. Fincher's got some good stuff. But Vince Gilligan, so far... He's got two main shows. I'm not aware of any other major stuff. that I'm sure he's done other things, but he has two major shows under his belt. They're both solid, and what many people in conversations would probably say is some of the best television that's ever to exist. (laughs) So, um, at least of the modern era. So, I I think that that versus... So, again, a much smaller, uh, a much smaller, uh, you know, pool of stuff to pull from. Whereas with Fincher, you have a you know a, a huge library of films, and so that's when you have that, you have some that are misses, some you know hits, some misses. So, but as far as the record is concerned, right now, uh, I would say Vince Gilligan has a two and zero record of victories. Whereas I don't know how many films Fincher has done, but it's not a perfect record to say the least. Rosie G twelve just says I share mine with Bono. I think that means birthday. Uh, let's see, Rob D. Uh, any movies you hope. Uh, has good 4K Blu-ray deals coming for Black Friday. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I saw this in the chat at one point, and then it may have gotten skipped because of it getting jumped or something. Um, there really aren't any films that I'm looking at. I, I'll, I'll be looking for legacy titles uh, for Black Friday. Uh, legacy titles are going to be my big focus because there's so many old-school black-and-white 35-millimeter films that are being put out of 4K now, and I think a lot of those are going to be on sale. Very, very excited for it. By the way, I do actually have a Blu-ray pickup. This actually just came in today. Um, unfortunately, it's I believe it's it's out of print. And with that being said, this for a used copy wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, but this is a movie that many people may not have ever seen. But it actually is one of my favorite modern films. Uh, and it's it's a little film called The Lookout. I don't know how many of y'all have seen this, but it's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Uh, I, I love the performance of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love the story of it. Uh, Isla Fisher's in it. Jeff Daniels is in it. Uh, from the screenwriter Scott Frank, who did Minority Report. Uh, this is his directorial debut. Just from the very beginning, 
the soundtrack, the song that they use just gets you in the mood. Um, and it's great. So I don't know if you've seen Lookout, but I love this movie. I thought I owned it because I was trying to I was trying to watch it the other day. And then I was like, okay, it's not my Plex server. Maybe I just never backed it up. Looked at my Blu-ray collection behind me, and I was like, I actually don't have this. I think what happened was I had had it on DVD at one point. And then when I got rid of all my DVDs, because, ugh, DVDs, right? Um, I must have forgotten to, to replace it. But I'm glad I found this copy. Because uh, at least where I was looking, it looked like they, they don't really have a lot of copies of it. But yeah, highly recommend this if you can find it. Um, and again, I found this used and it wasn't uh, too expensive film from 2006, but man, oh man. Yeah. Young Isla, Fisher, uh, young Isla Fisher here, uh, young Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well. And it's fantastic. Highly, highly recommend it. There's your random movie recommendation of the day. Miss Minnesota hockey fan shares her birthday with Warwick Davis. Nice. I share mine with, uh, oh my goodness. I used to have it off the tip of my tongue. But it's not really all that important when all when all is said and done. Uh, but uh, Lizzie McGuire, I, I, I blanked on her real name. But Lizzie McGuire, I share I share a birthday with Lizzie McGuire. She's exactly one year older than I am. She was born in eighty seven. <laughs> That's what I know about my birthday. <laughs> oh, yay me! All right, let us see. Hillary Duff left cross. You got it. Yes, Hillary Duff. I share a birthday with Hillary Duff. <laughs> Uh, let's see. All right. Sage Rokaseka says, Cinnabon, tasty, but dang, that's a day and a half's worth of calories right there. Yes, very true, Sage, but you know what? When you watch, when you're watching Better Call Saul, you're like, I don't mind those calories when it look that good. Very sci-fi. ET, 40th anniversary 4K comes with a lunchbox and thermo, uh, thermos for it. I wish more special releases were that creative. Oh, that is nice. That is nice. I'll have to, to look into that. Is that... That's something that's already sold out. I'm sure it is, or that it's it's at a price point where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to. Because you'll know, I'm a I'm a collector, but within within reason, within reason. Let's see here. So it looks like it is still available. Sixty four dollars. Released November first. Look at that. That's 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 pretty darn impressive. That is pretty darn impressive. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Let me see if I can try to uh, pull this up in a in a in a smart way. So yeah, there it is, right there. Look at that. You get a phone, home, thermos, lunchbox, the movie, book. Yeah, I I wish that too. I wish that a lot of these, a lot of these uh, re-releases and you know 4K upgrades, these special edition collections. I wish that I wish that all of them came with with that level of detail and with just those options and i i go back to you know all know i i love steelbooks especially just to have a steelbook just to have a steelbook that is like the lionsgate ones with the with the plastic slip covers that actually have artwork on them and use it well ah, i just wish that was the case but oh well doesn't always happen the way we want joey horn what's going on welcome back to the chat Appreciate you being here. Rosie G12 says, uh, is Better Call Saul graphically violent? Um, there are violent moments, but as as it points out, the vast majority of it is is focused more so on crime legal drama. 
So it's a crime legal drama. There are definitely some elements there, but I don't really remember it being hyper violent to like a um, definitely not a Game of Thrones for sure. No, no, nowhere near a Game of Thrones. But even the violent stuff, I don't remember it being graphic. And please, maybe someone who has it more fresh in their minds could could maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, add into that. But I don't remember it being. Um, again, it is much more focused on crime, legal drama, uh, you know, being shifty behind the scenes stuff, that kind of thing. So I would definitely recommend it. Um, as it doesn't really seem to go down that track. Over on D Live, Daniel Thorne says, "Are you going to check out any of the digital screenings for the Toronto International Film Festival?" I, I don't really do film festivals, to be honest. Um, I, I, again, I'm sure there's some films there that maybe I'll want to or have an interest in going to see or watching at some point in the future, but I'm not typically a film festival person, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. So I don't even know how much that would even cost, really. Soul Assassin says, you're not going to throw a pizza on top of a garage roof, are you? Make sure to film it if you do. Yeah, seriously. And then leave it up there for forever. <laughs> Rosie G12. I'm conflicted. Uh, I love conflicted characters like Jamie Lannister. Yes, exactly. Un- until, of course, Jamie Lannister, you know, until until he until he met season eight. Jamie Lannister until he met season eight. Once season eight Jamie Lannister came around, I was like, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I loved the direction you were going in. You were conflicted. You had a great arc going. And then D&D happened, right? Uh, you know, sorry. not. Yeah, 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 that's right. D&D happened. Benioff and Weiss happened. And just destroyed his character. All of the great development that occurred over the previous seasons destroyed in just uh, an episode or two. (laughs) Just, gosh. Again, this is the biggest problem. This is the biggest problem that House of the Dragon has. Is that the shadow cast by this season over Westeros is is just too vast. It's far too vast. Oh, my goodness gracious. All righty here. Luca. Father Luca, to say, only 23 minutes difference. Nah, it'll be fine. Well, this was at 728, and it's 8.05, so the time is growing. Again, WG, I do really appreciate your donation from earlier, so thank you so very much. Joey Horn, did you watch the first episode? Just talked about that, so hope hope that was uh, what you were looking for there. Um, let's see. Left Cross says, heard Robert Bonds mentioned yesterday that he wanted to talk to you about box offices and movie theaters. Have you had any contact? Cause I love to watch that. Not direct contact, but Hey, uh, Robert Barnes, he's a supporter of mine actually on locals. Um, I'm just still amazed by that because I just, you know, he's a brilliant legal mind and, and one of the, you know, top legal YouTubers out there, uh, rather uh, legal streamers out there. Um, so yeah, I would love to talk to him about it. Uh, Obviously, it's going to be a little bit more complicated, but I believe because of the locals, I think he can still, I think he can contact me that way. Um, but yeah, more more than happy to try to, to have uh, some conversations for sure. Mr. Roy, hail to you, sir. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Mr. Roy, for being here. Hardwick says, Clownfish TV reported that Flash movie allegedly features Superman played by CGI Christopher Reeve. And and my care for the Flash continues to to not exist. 
Wherever sci-fi. Quitting Twitter. Won't anyone think of the bots? Yes, the poor bots. They'll be left behind. Fear of FEMA. Your social media exodus sounds like your own Benedict option. Yeah, I guess in a way it is, by the way. Great <laughs> great reference there that I was able to pick up. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the unfortunate thing with the writer of the Benedict option is that eventually he, he left the church, which is sad. Um, but I, I do think that there are some things in there that, that do make sense to me, right? You have to create your own communities in a lot of ways. And, and, and it's not me creating my own communities, you know, from scratch. It's, no, utilizing the community that already exists on locals and primarily on, uh, on Discord and just a- allowing that to be the place where, hey, if people still want to have conversations, you know, people still want to get notified, right? If I was a source of, if Twitter or any of the other uh, platforms that I use for social media, if that was the way, uh, if that was the way in which you were able to um, to know what was going on in the channel, hey, you have a way of being able to get that access, right? You can do the Discord, and if you happen to be on Locals, there are notifications with that too. So notifications still there, won't go anywhere. If you liked the communications or the conversations, right? One great thing about the Discord as well, right, is that you can have conversations. There's text channels that that go through all of the different levels, right? That go through all of uh, the different topics that you could ever possibly want to talk about. You know, mine's not nearly as polished or as uh, as well developed as some of the other servers that you might be a part of. But that's what I like about it, it's because it's a smaller uh, server. We are growing. Obviously, we're exponentially growing more recently. And so we'll be able to add more channels. We'll be able to to start to have more established rules and things like that. But for now, it's just uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. Let's see, Hunger Chunky Funky Monkey. Time to say George R. R. Martin was too busy writing for Elden Ring to work on the book. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, he has the book. <laughs> he has the book come out for House of Dragon, right? Fire and Blood. Which let's see, Fire and Blood came out. Uh, first volume came out in 2018. The second half of this first volume has been adapted into the prequel House of the Dragon. <laughs> so he he had that going for it. Yeah, then then he had Elden Ring. And so and and now technically with the show as him being a, a creator, um I'm assuming that he is 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 a part of the development of the show and of everything going on. So the first episode was actually written by Ryan Condal. So he didn't have any uh, direct uh, direct involvement there, at least from a writing standpoint. But it is interesting. It is interesting, nonetheless, to see just how many projects will he take on to avoid uh, finishing his series. Seriously. <laughs> Bruce says, I've not, I've not watched any Game of Thrones. Consider yourself lucky. If you do decide to watch them, uh, just stop at 7. You'll have an incomplete story, but hey, at least you won't feel like your entire time watching it has been completely wasted because of season eight. At least there's that. Let's see. Victor Fontaine claims 10 million watched the premiere of House of Dragon, 13.6 million watched final episode. But again, I would like to see where they got those metrics from because I don't remember whether or not, I don't think HBO Max had launched by the end of Game of Thrones. And because of that, and again, I could be wrong on that. Because of that, I don't necessarily trust those numbers. I would have to know where those numbers came from. And I would, again, I need numbers. I need the data. G Monkey says, because of Game of Thrones season eight, I don't want to 
I don't watch any new show until it's over. I hear the reaction of the fans of how it ended. I don't have time to waste on bad TV. G-Monkey, I, I totally understand. Uh, and Game of Thrones taught me that lesson, too. Again, from 2011 to 2019, you know, eight years. Eight years of dedication. Um, countless hours. Countless hours of time. Let's go ahead and see uh, just some some comparison there. So, yeah, eight seasons, 73 episodes. Each episode roughly, what, an hour long? So, 73 hours? Not nearly as much as other television shows, but still. That's 73 hours of my life that I'm not going to get back. That's days of my life that, that, I, that I dedicated to a show. And really, it's years because of the weekly uh, release model. You know, but but what they do, they they went and they they ruined it, so so quickly, and seemingly with with very <laughs> very little effort, seemed it seemed almost too easy for them to be able to to destroy it. Please make sure that y'all smash that like button. Please uh, share the video as well. Uh, if you are happening to be on social media, you can share the video. Let's see. What who else is, is going on right now? Because I was looking at the numbers and I was like, 44 watching? We're usually a bit higher than that. Let's see. Midnight's Edge After Dark's on, but I feel like they're normally on. So where is everyone tonight? Is it because of the social media? <laughs> is that the reason why? <laughs> I'm wondering if that's the reason why Odyssey is quiet tonight. Because the people who watch on Odyssey are, are typically the ones on Minds and Gab. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? People get used to it, though. Uh, let's see. Miss Minnesota Hacker fan says, I have not rewatched Game of Thrones. Season 8 was so disappointing. I'm giving all of my Game of Thrones Blu-rays to my nephew. There you go. Bongo says, speaking of good shows, have you seen Arcane? Best show I've seen in a while. I've heard good things. I know someone recommended it the other day, but I've not seen it myself. Sage says, double or nothing says Rings of Power is a sleeper hit. <laughs> I'd be willing to take that bet. Um, I think that the first episode, if you if by sleeper hit... You mean that it's going to do well, numbers-wise. I think the first episode is going to be huge, numbers-wise. Don't think it's going to be good, but it's going to be huge. Because the intrigue is there, right? You have people who actually are excited for it. It does happen. Um, again, you do have that. But then you also have the others like like me and the Friday Night Tights crew who are like, okay, let's just see how bad this train wreck actually is. I'm kind of curious to see just how far from Tolkien they actually got how far were they actually able to move away from the the source material that they're not using or clearly not using you know um so uh i think that when you compare the first and second episode ratings i think it's going to be just <laughs> night and day massive massive drop off that's what i think uh let's see hardwick's in the chat Hardwick says i don't understand the appeal of game of thrones it's just a bunch of horrible people doing horrible things to the horrible people with no one and nothing to root for well again i i don't really agree with that assessment because in the earlier seasons you do have good people you have good characters you have people worth rooting for throughout um and so therefore there is something to hold on to it's not all pair it's not all bad people it's not all terrible people i i do think that if there's going to be any criticism of game of thrones and unfortunately it does now bleed into uh, this this new show as well um, in House of Dragon is that there are too many for me, even though there's only really one in this. And uh, actually, no, there's two sequences in this one episode. Um, I, I do think that the 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 overuse of 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 you know gratuitous sex and nudity is just it's it's so unnecessary, and it it also it really just degrades from the show. 
in so many ways. Um, it, it just, again, it takes away from the show in so many different ways. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely disagree with that overall assessment. Definitely would disagree with that overall assessment. So, <laughs> um, but uh, again, I can understand why people don't like it after season eight. But before then, you had really interesting characters going through arcs, you know, starting off terrible and then eventually becoming decent people. Again, season eight ruined that for a lot of those characters. But again, it was still there nonetheless. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, I didn't think they could get any more annoying than McQueen until Bezos decided to go, Yas, Queen. Yeah, pretty much. It is indeed about that time. Is indeed about that time. Sage Rogasega says, I remember reading the first couple of books in Martin's series and asking myself, why would I ever want to escape a world as bleak as this? Quit reading, can't watch for the same reasons. Hey, again, I, I respect that. Uh, again, not every series is for everybody, not every world is for everybody, but I do think that there definitely were um, interesting character arcs, to say the least. Also, I'm someone that likes that era. Um, or at least the portrayal of that era, like of the medieval stylings. Again, I I think that the the gratuitous sex was just uh, so unnecessary and and definitely made it harder for me to watch the show, especially earlier on when they relied upon it a little bit more. But I think that because of my affinity towards those kinds of stories, I was probably more attached to it because of that reason. So. Yeah, Tina B, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, because again, the other actors that I praised, I, I, it's mostly a, they were solid. They did a good job. They they were given a character, they were given a script, and they did what they had to do. Whereas with Matt Smith, it's like, okay, there's actually something pretty cool going on here. So that does not surprise me at all that he's the only one getting like actual praise. Michael Hill, uh, was that a snake? Is that a sneaky snake? Or is that a, is that a dragon? <laughs> let's see cn samson books hail to you welcome to the chat tina ty say well some actress said that one scene was inspired by roe being overturned which is funny since the scene was filmed months before the decision was overturned to shut up and act oh my goodness are you serious oh my goodness wow yes seriously that actress definitely needs to shut yeah it's like months before it happens but we're gonna turn it into it it's like it's like someone trying to say that the orville right they have an episode that deals with it in a certain respect right deals with the uh, the killing of the unborn and it happened to come out the weekend after the roe v way decision it would be like saying oh yeah they planned it's like oh that episode was filmed months before uh, i guess you could still i guess you can you could technically try to argue well well the fight against it was going on and and uh, the decision hadn't been made yet or something to that effect. But, yeah. And uh, in the end, if that is the scene that they're going to say is inspired by it, all that that shows is just... <laughs> I I don't know. It's more of what purpose... What message are they trying to send? Like, what is the message of what they were trying to send with that then? You know? It's like the issues that they're talking about in that show don't exist anymore. We have technology now that takes care of it, right? Are they trying to say, oh, but what happens if a, if a child's in breach? That happens a lot now. And there are a plethora of things that we can do to, to safely save both lives. So what, what are you trying to get at? <laughs> it's just like, not only is your is that comment nonsensical because you made it months before the decision actually came out. But then the thing that you're talking about 
doesn't even have a message to it. And whatever that message is, it's like, bruh, bruh, bruh. Come on. Uh, Rosie G says, honestly, Tolkien's works are so much more than just an entertainment as they speak in such beautiful ways to absolute truth. And what is being done to it is beyond heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. They're taking... They're, the, the best thing I can use to try to, to describe what seems to be going on is it's being given the wrinkle of time, a wrinkle in time treatment, right? Why did a wrinkle in time suck so much? It's not just because of Ava DuVernay directing it. That's a big part of it, but that's not the only reason why. It's because they took a story that is rooted in a Christian background by a Christian author in that case, where it's actually even a central part of the story, and they decide to strip away any of the Christian elements and so all you're left with then is a hollow shell. And so what they're doing, it seems like what they're going to be doing with this show is they're going to say, oh, we want the fantasy of Tolkien. We want uh, the, you know, the, the, the pre-established IP of Tolkien, but we don't, we don't want the spirit. It's like, okay, so you want the corpse of Tolkien, but you don't want his soul. Guess what? You might need to take some philosophy because if you did, you would go back to Aristotle and say, nah, form and matter. We are body and soul composite. Can't have one without the other. <laughs> you have a lifeless corpse if you don't have the soul, Amazon. So uh, anyway, there, there is, yet again, there is another uh, philosophical point for you to, to ponder as we, as, we, <laughs> as we go through the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the show. By the way, thank you all again for, for hanging out here tonight. Uh, it does mean a lot. Uh, yeah, thoroughbreds don't watch it. Just don't. It's just you're gonna be you're gonna hate the fact that you wasted your time watching it. It's thoroughbreds. And then Ready Player One. Yeah, listen to the audiobook. I think the audiobook is great. If you don't like Will Wheaton, or if you can't separate art from the artist when it comes to Will Wheaton because of him being just a stupid person in real life, then don't read the audiobook. Read the book because the actual book itself of Ready Player One is actually really good. Um, the movie is just not, just not good at all. Just awful. All right, let's see. Uh, Sundrop Puddleton, that's a new name in here, tagged to say, Graham was in Outlander. Maybe that was it. I don't, I didn't watch, I, maybe, I, no, did I, did I watch Outlander? Maybe I watched Outlander. The thing most recently that I would remember him from was Dwalin, but I remember him as like a knight character. So maybe, maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. Uh, CN Samson, we missed you at the Las Vegas meetup. Yeah, I, unfortunately, uh, couldn't make it because it's it's school time. And I, especially with the meetup being, at least the main meetup being during the week. And I understand the reasons why. It's like, I, I can't make that work. I'm not skipping the first week of school to do a meetup. I, I, again, I wish I could have been there. I wish that it had been over the summer, um, during the summer months of June or July. Like, what happened with Dallas and in in the first Orlando one because the, those are the ones that I can do. I can do the summer ones, no problem. Um, you know, obviously some problem because I have to, of course, get the logistics out, figure out driving, uh, work things out with the wife and everything because family comes first. Um, but yeah, that's that's why that's why any of the meetups coming up, don't expect me to be at them because I'm sorry, my my job is my passion because it's not a job to me; it's a vocation. I love what I do. I don't want to take time away from it. I do YouTube for fun. And this is still a lot of fun for me. 
And that's why if it's a meetup over the summer that I can do, I will gladly go. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I will, you know, my, my social anxiety has, has definitely been, um, has, has definitely not been as much of an issue as it has been in the past. So I, I think that a big part of it was getting to go to these meetups. Um, but yeah, I, I wish that I could have been there. Apparently I was called a prima donna, <laughs> which, which I do agree with to some extent. But then at the same time, it's like, yeah, but if I'm a prima donna, if I'm the definition of a prima donna amongst FNT, I mean, <laughs> what does that say about some of the others? I don't know. But apparently that was said during one of the panels. I think that was, it, it wasn't the one in Vegas, then it was the one in Houston where that may have been. I don't know, but it is what it is. It's all out of love. Anyway, uh, Father Lucas says, Game of Thrones 8 Exterminatus. Yeah, I know. Uh, General Wingster, hello there. I saw uh, season one of Better Call Saul and kind of fell off. We'll have to try it again soon. I'm more interested in Cobra Kai in a couple weeks. I am too. So excited for Cobra Kai. But no, I would absolutely, absolutely give Better Call Saul another shot. Uh, Kimberly G, who's a member, says, You can't give season eight away. No takers. That's a good point. I'm sure there would be like one person that would want it. Either because they would just want it to have it, or they would want it to be able to like destroy it or something. General Winkster, so Odin won't see this comment. Or my last one. I saw both. Uh, Gilligan was a producer on X-Files 2, says Michael Hill. Boom! There you go. So again, pretty solid track record there. Uh, Guy Truth says, I bought every season of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray as they release, and we watch them every year. I don't own season 8 and haven't been able to go to uh, and haven't been able to go and watch the show since season eight this speaks volumes yeah seriously as i said the other seasons are just so strong because the show itself is so strong um it is just again it's so so sad how how much they screwed up again this it's amazing that this this one thing right this one season just destroyed everything Everything that was built up, everything that had been established, everything that had been prepared, every it's just... Uh, and that's the reason why whenever the, the final book or books of the actual series itself come, you know, get released, if they're, oh, they're going to be different than the... I, I just don't see how it recovers at all. Uh, Harvick says that he shares a birthday with Stan Lee. General Winkster says Hillary Duff is 100 times hotter than Odin. Um, I, I don't take offense to that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> except on her behalf. She's not a food item, all right? She's a person. She's a human being. Come on. Laura says, I don't blame George R. R. Martin for season eight because I thought he wasn't involved. No, no. I, again, I, I blame Benioff and Weiss, D&D. I, I, I blame uh, Dave and Dave. Isn't it Dave and Dave? But yeah, Benioff and Weiss, they're the ones that I blame for that. Um, George R. R. I would say I would blame more so for not having finished the books so that they actually had a place to go or at the very least telling them something that maybe wasn't true. Who knows what actually the ending of the show would have been had the actual books been finished and completed um, so that they actually had the material to, to, to rely on and, and not just their own brains, which clearly don't work. Uh, Giant Trap, what's going on for sci-fi? I'm thinking also getting that Running Man Steelbook. That is a nice-looking one. But I get the ETU because there were like 5,500 5, available. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's a few. There are definitely a few uh, Steelbooks that uh, I have my eye on that 
are available for for pre-sale at the moment. I already had bought my uh, like months ago in fact. It was amazing the week after the week after I think uh Top Gun came out in theaters, they already had had pre-sales available for the steelbook even before the artwork was finalized and everything. And now we finally have a release date. That, that, that physical media release for that's not going to be until November. So, hey, you know what? Paramount, they know what they're doing. They're making bank off of this. Not only did they have it out in theaters for a long time and made tons of money from it, they're going to have it on streaming for you to buy for months until you can get it on physical media. And there's a good chance that I might actually buy it on, <laughs> buy it or rent it on digital because my wife really wants to watch it. And uh, I really want to watch it again too, and I don't really feel like waiting until uh, until uh, November. So <laughs> let's see. Rosie G says what D and D did to Jamie Lannister is beyond disgusting and maddening. Absolutely, it was atrocious. It is one of the worst character assassinations that I've seen in a long time. G Monkey, if only they moved ten feet, uh, they would have survived. Yes, G Monkey. Yeah. Again, not only is the character development of Jamie Lannister in season eight awful. And, and nonsensical and a complete waste of time. But yes, even the, the actual end of that character at that moment doesn't make any logical sense. As many things in that last episode and last episodes don't make sense. Dungeons and Dragons did so much harm to Games of Thrones. Yes, they did. Not the game, of course, but the people. Thank God I did not bother with Game of Thrones. Yes, absolutely, Father. Absolutely. You, you dodged a bullet there. Because again, it's the time that one would dedicate to that show, right? The hours upon hours of dedication um, for it all just to be thrown away in just a season. And, and really, especially in, in a few episodes, like the last few episodes are really where things start to, because you know, all of season eight has problems, but the last few episodes especially are just <sighs> unforgivable. You know, yeah, there's bad stuff throughout, but the last few episodes more so the last ep- the last one especially, it's just ugh, disgusting. Anyway, it is 8:06 in the chat, but 8:28 real life, so we do need to start wrapping things up. So I'm gonna try to go through as many comments as I can. If I do skip your comments from this point forward, I apologize. But again, that's part of the nature of the show, as you all know. I try to keep these at 90 minutes for my own sake, and uh, also so that way I can have some time to spend with the wife, get a little ice cream. And I think there's a new episode of Only Murders in the Building. If not, it's if it's not available today, it's available tomorrow. So I have to check with her with that too. Anyway, Harwick, uh, Lore, if you're still in the chat, I know that you're watching it as well. So you can confirm with me whether or not it's available now or will be available tomorrow. Anyway, Harwick, I say for a long time, I didn't uh, realize. Sorry, uh, let me highlight that. There we go. For a long time, I didn't realize that Ben Affleck and Weiss were two different people. Everyone said their names together so quickly that I thought that one guy was named Benny Hoffman Weiss. That is phenomenal. <laughs> that, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, Daniel Thorne over on DLive is already donating the ice cream donation. Ready for me to have that ice cream party. So no rapture for Twitter bots, says Father Luca. No, no. As they don't, they don't have a soul. Kimberly G talking to Tina there. So I'll go to another comment. General Wingstar, I'm too lazy to like and share. You're not my dad, Odin. You're not my dad. Kimberly G, I held watch parties, had themed foods and drinks. We made it Sunday fun day. I missed it. I I watched it with my brother, my little brother. We we would watch it together. 
And then when we couldn't actually watch it uh, like together physically, like when we were in different locations, we would watch it, start watching it at the same time so that we could then talk about it after. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Like it, it was something, it was an event. It was something that you look forward to. And, and again, years and years of time and dedication. Um, Laura says she's pretty sure it's Wednesday. Ah, okay. But years and years of dedication. And what do we get? What do we get? Blah. We get crap. Uh, 70B says, so has everyone got rid of their social media? I know there's a lot of people who follow me who have been in the process of getting rid of their social media. I don't know if anyone else is doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I'm doing like a full-fledged purge. Um, but, uh, yeah. Saudi B says, are you going on Jeremy's Tuesday Night Show? I I wasn't invited, but um, I know that those, are, those shows already have people established on it. And you never want to have too many people on a panel in general. I do know that the guest tonight is going to be great. Um, so if I am if I am ever invited to go on, um, I'd be interested. The big problem, the biggest problem though with the with the Tuesday night show, is that it's too late. Just like with all the gaming streams, I'm gonna call Jeremy out here again. Make the streams earlier so that I can join. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest. Actually, that's the most logical reason and probably the reason why I haven't been asked because. They know I'm in bed by by that time anyway because it's a school night. I got work. I got work in the morning. I get up at six a.m. I'm not gonna. I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it, McQueen. I can't. Uh, Kimberly G. I'm watching reviewers who are suffering Rings of Power. I will not not watch anything trash and Tolkien. Yeah, again, I I kind of have to unfortunately watch it by default. But you know, General Winkster says I can't go against Steph. She's McQueen. McQueen. I don't want it. I don't want it, McQueen. What's up, Stephanie B? I hope that you did. Uh, I hope that you had a good day at work. Thank you for being here. Marcus Cato, what's going on? Good, sir. Welcome back to the chat. There's Stephanie B smiling. What's going on, Stephanie B? Uh, General Wingster says, I killed an ant with a magnifying glance once. I dedicated it to Roe v. Wade overturning. No. Oh, no. General Wingster. <laughs> uh, Miss Minnesota hockey fan. Elizabeth of York and Catherine Parr died in childbirth. It was a very common thing to happen back then. So the fact that they're trying to turn that into a modern thing, it's like, no, that doesn't work. The message, whatever message you're trying to do is just crazy. Will you get on FNT through your email? That's my guess, Stephanie B. Uh, I, I I sent my links. They had asked for, because I was talking with the x-ray girl in the chat, um, and she asked for my for my Discord and just for general contact. So I gave the, I mean, I, I do have a, a, a telegram, but that is not something that I am publicly putting out there. That's meant more for just private communications. Um, so like, for instance, if the Valkyrie had telegram, then I, I would use it with them. If, if that, if the FNT team ever decided to move to another platform, they would, but I don't expect them to move for me. I don't. So, um, you know, all, all I need is just the link. And since I can't, go on the show until 6 p.m. anyway, uh, it gives them time to be able just to send the link either by email or by uh, Telegram or, or however it is that they want to send it. Um, but uh, they do have the Discord server, so I think they might try to send it through Discord if I had to guess. Let's see. Midnight Eyed has said, the author got snubbed by the Game of Thrones production company. They asked him to review the script but never sent it to him. Oof. Yeah. 
And but let's see, Lord of the Rings is like the great white whale for the woke. It's not just a hopeful fantasy, it is fantasy. Made by a Christian male, known throughout the world, the biggest target for destruction. That is absolutely true. Input latency. And we, we, we can see that even more clearly, right? It's amazing how weeks, weeks leading up to the show, what articles are we getting? What articles are we getting from the Atlantic? This is a hate symbol, apparently. This is a sign of extremism. Apparently, I am a maker of extremist weapons. I am a maker of, of, of weapons. Spiritual weapons, in fact. In fact, I will, I will confirm that, yes. I, I make spiritual weapons. I make rosaries. Spiritual weapons. But it's amazing how that's coming out weeks leading up to. All these things are very much intertwined, interconnected. I'm not saying that the Atlantic wrote it in preparation for the show. But it is, I think, very reminiscent of our culture. We live in a very anti-Christian culture. I would say especially an even more anti-Catholic culture. And I think if you look to the comments on the rosary and also what they're about to do with, again, Catholic author Tolkien's work, I think that becomes even more abundantly clear. Right? There's a much larger anti-Christian bias in our world, but uh, definitely can't, can't ignore the fact that when it comes to the Christians, the ones that tend to get uh, attacked the most tend to be tend to be um, uh, Catholics. At least that's how it comes to see. Yeah, job, job, job. Absolutely, Stephanie B. Absolutely. Tim Elf, what's going on? G-Man, you can ride with me to the next Orlando meetup. Uh, again, I, I just, I'm not going to be able to make that one. I just, I, I, again, I'm trying to think how I could make that work logistically, but it's on a Sunday. That's already a bit of a problem for me because Sunday is is a day where my primary focus is going to mass, offering worship to God and and family, right? That that that's the ultimate there. And then and on top of that it's a school night. It just that's going to be a tricky one. That's going to be a very very tricky one to to be able to get up. Uh Fred Farkle, what is going on? Just gasp. Oh, y'all just saying that I'm I'm prima donna. Yeah. <laughs> In certain ways, I am. In certain ways, I am. I'm not going to deny that. Rosie G, season eight would be good only for target practice for aligning the birdcage. <laughs> and not the good birdcage either. Fossey, Fossey, Fossey. Uh, General Wingster, you think that George will finish the books? You never know. Miracles happen. Keely Chow, there needs to be a Phantom S parody of Game of Thrones season eight. Title will be how Game of Thrones should be, have went first. Well, here's the thing, uh, Keely Chow, because that brings up a good point. I won't go into too much more detail about it, but just do know that there, so the Phantom Menace, right? There was recently like an article or a video that was going into the Phantom Menace, which ended up leaving out a lot of details about it. But just know that the Phantom Menace is actually, it's its own thing. Um, and many people have already kind of distanced themselves from it publicly. I myself don't really set myself aside to any category whatsoever. Um, but I am also not someone where I'm like, oh, fandom menace, you know, uh, you know, I'm much more just about the fellowship. Um, that that's kind of where my focus is, but do know just, just as a general point, um, that there are differences, people who maybe at one point were either, adjacent to Phantom Menace or were active Phantom Menace may not be anymore. And there's a vast variety of reasons, which I just can't even have time to go into because I'm already over time. All right, let me try and get 
these last comp. Oh my goodness, y'all are. Of course, as soon as I say, hey, we're ending, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to tag you now. It's like, I'm already behind. Come on, people. Come on, people. Marcus Cato, yes, the, the Ghibli Steelbooks are fantastic. 20 years ago today, they introduced the three Harry Potter stars to the world. Oh my goodness, 22 years ago. That's crazy. Crazy. Nearside Cyclops, love you, man, but I can't just see 10. Still, yeah, I saw the reprint. I saw the reprints. I I have been waiting for some some cash that just came in today, and so I'm going to be buying some of those reprints because I don't think I, I wasn't able to get the Spider-Man one. So yeah, I'm I'll, I'm going to be getting some Steelbook soon, and I try to always buy more than once. That way, I can do giveaways in the future. So if you're on the giveaways channel on Discord because you are a Keeper of the Bifrost member or, or above on local subscribe star or Patreon, uh, get get ready, get ready. Let's see. Scott McKenzie, blessings to you. Uh, pretty sure it was Wednesday. Going to eat ice cream after this. Yeah, you got that ice cream. You get that ice cream. Got you all thinking about ice cream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Victor Fontaine, what's going on? Yeah, I'm nuking social media probably tonight if I can. Uh, Will, if he made the show earlier, it would have cut into your show. Make up your mind. <laughs> yes, but again, if the show is earlier... In this specific, because I was talking more so about the gaming streams, which actually occur on days where I could join if it was earlier. If it was the Friday night show, that's actually something where I, I actually, you know, could, I would happily switch days. I could be like, all right, I'm going to stream on Wednesdays instead. But it is what it is. Uh, it is a ring. It is absolutely a ring. It's a, it's a St. Benedict ring sent to me by uh, Evan S. So thank you very much again, Evan S. For sending this. It's a very powerful spiritual weapon. It's been touched to the relics of many, many saints, so it literally is something that could punch Satan. Um, General Wingster, uh, General Wingster, okay, send me an email or a DM on, or or a DM on Discord and tell me where to send it. Uh, does not Padre Pio call the rosary weapon? Several saints throughout history have called it a weapon. It's never been hidden. Uh, Lucas says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Be careful with that spiritual weapon of mass discretion." You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're you're right. So Noah, uh, yes, death during childbirth wasn't a royal issue. It was a fact of life. Women medicine caught up, and it still exists today. It does, uh, just nearly not as, uh, as as prominent. Fred Farkle always knew you were a rabble rouser. How am I a rabble rouser? How am I rabbling the rouser? How am I rousing the rabble? That's what I should say. Mike Jackson, what's going on, brother? Hardwick, from what I've seen, in evangelicals tend to get attacked and smeared more often than Catholics. I don't think you're paying attention enough, man. I'm going to be honest. Uh, just look, look at any article about, you know, what do you hear most mainstream media accounts about tends to be related to the Catholic church. Just being honest, uh, attorney being held in a giant, <laughs> I see. Okay. I get you beam there. Uh, Odin is the Don Martello of the fellowship. Is that, is that what I am? Don't forget praying for Jeremy and Ryan, knowing full well, they are going to be doing some cussing, yelling while absolutely always offer prayers for them. Always offer prayers for them. No fence sitting, says Stephanie B. Voting as can make uh can make a meetup. I'll try and go. If not, uh, if not, uh, I've not been able to go to any meetups yet. Dates have never worked out. Well, yeah, next summer, uh, any meetups next summer, uh, I have a lot of flexibility there, um, and so uh, I, I'm looking forward to anything we have planned. Uh, yes, I'm gonna be cursing, talking about sports. You have, uh, Father, thank you very much. Please say a mass uh, with, with, uh, with the Asgardian community in mind as well. Uh, never tried coffee-flavored ice cream. Actually, no, I have. It's good. Spell checks is Keely. 
locals. I am available on locals. Mario Kart, though. Again, if they've had those streams earlier, uh, I would have uh, joined them. Anyway, all right, cool. I have gotten through those, and I am uh, over time tonight. So, again, thank you all so very much for being here. Thank you so very much for, for liking, for commenting, for having these conversations. Hopefully... Uh, you learned a little bit something about Better Call Saul being an amazing show. Go and watch it. Yeah, and jury's still out on House of Dragon, but as I said, this this right here, season eight of Game of Thrones, I'm not going to treat it with any respect. It is something that uh, is is definitely uh, putting a major shadow, major shadow over everything. And yes, I know seventy B. Yes, you, that is correct. Locals. It sounds like a dating app. I'm pretty sure there is a dating app called Locals, or at the very least there was at one point in time. I wish that they had chosen a different name, but I do have a Locals community as well. Check out the links in the description below if you want to find out ways in which to support me. And also, I'll go ahead and do this command real quick. If you want my link tree, uh, the Willow link is going to post in the chat very, very soon. All right, and that Willow link brings you to my link tree, and that link tree will have access to a link to the Discord server, uh, amongst other ways that you can contact me. Uh, again, especially since uh, Twitter likely will get nuked tonight, depending on whether or not I can tie up those loose ends or not. So we shall see what happens. Uh, by the way, again, thank you very much for the ice cream. Let's see, Clyde over on uh, DLive follow. Thank you for the follow. Anyway, anyway. With all that being said, huge shout-out to my Valkyrie tonight. Thank you again to Tina and Steph for always being here. Thank uh, Shout-out to Laura as well for being here as well, keeping, uh, keeping me honest, always keeping the chat in check. And, of course, also Stephanie for, for coming, running from work to, to come jump into the chat. Uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for that. But, anyway, that is going to be it for me tonight, everybody, because i got to go get some ice cream and, and relax and, and, and chill. So, Anyway, you all have an amazing rest of your evening, a blessed rest of your week. I'm trying to see. Let's look at the liturgical calendar. St. Bartholomew, uh, Apostle, St. Bartholomew, tomorrow, feast day. St. Louis the Ninth, King of France, uh, on Thursday of this week. And then uh, uh, 29th, next Monday, the beheading of John the Baptist, and then St. Rose of Lima on the next Tuesday show on the 30th. So anyway, that is going to be it for me tonight, everybody. So I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Keeper of the Bifrost and Chosen of Valhalla members over on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. Starting off with my Patreon supporters, we got Chris from the 80s, who you can check out on YouTube, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, The Modern Major General Story, Father Luca Illich, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can also check out on YouTube, Rosetta Allen, whose YouTube channel's name is Eagle Rider, Stan Andre Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, and the Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out on her show that she does with the amazing Stephanie B, my Valkyrie, uh, on a show called Soup to Nuts on Tina B's channel. Also to my subscribe star peeps, we got Matt317, who you can support over on Twitch, same name, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and Man, who you can support over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals, 
Eagles members. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? We have UAB Mad Dog Mike Jackson for the win. Brett D90 and Robert Barnes, who most people should know about at this point. So go support him over at Infowars uh, YouTube and all the other locations that he is at. But if you want your name shout out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out that top link in the video description. Finds out all the places that you can follow me on social media and also all the various platforms you can support the channel, which include not only shout outs, but also access to giveaways of 4K titles, Blu-rays, uh, tons of other stuff uh, like that digital codes, and then also uh, a way to get access to being featured on the channel once a month for the Chosen of Valhalla live stream. We're talking about movies, pop culture, and pretty much anything the Chosen want to talk about. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out the video description. There's also a access to a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger once or twice a month. And don't worry if you were wondering where the July episode is because of scheduling conflicts, especially with John, we were not able to get that done, but we will have two episodes this month to make up for it. So don't you worry about that. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always... God bless.